the first thing we have to do is make the decision that I'm worth the effort, that I'm important, and it's worth it to me to take better care of myself. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting-edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. Today's guest on the show is Dr. Terry Walls. Terry is a clinical professor of medicine at the University of Iowa. She is also a patient with secondary progressive multiple sclerosis, which confined her to a tilt and recline wheelchair for four years. Dr. Walls restored her health using a diet and lifestyle program she designed specifically for her brain and now pedals her bike to work each day. She is the author of numerous books, including The Walls Protocol, How I Beat Progressive MS, Using Paleo Principles and Functional Medicine. Welcome to the show, Terry. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh, it is an honor. So Terry, maybe if you could just start out, um, for those who are not familiar with your story, maybe just talk a little bit about your very em- empowering journey with MS and mm-hmm. the, you know starting with the downward spiral, but how you were ultimately able to really transform your health. Sure. So you know, my, in retrospect, my symptoms began during medical school. I started having episodes of electrical face pain. So it was back in 1980. Uh, they became you know, steadily more frequent, more severe. Uh, then uh, 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 seven years later, I had an episode of dim vision in my left eye, big workup, no clear explanation. Uh, and I, I could tell that if I was in, work, worked out in hot weather, my vision was just a little bit more dim. Uh, again, I continued. Uh, then 13 years later, I developed weakness in my left leg, started stumbling, had a big workup once again, was uh, found to have lesions in my spinal cord and one in my brain. Uh, I uh, saw some of the best people in the country, took the newest drugs. Uh, at, you know, at that time, I was diagnosed with relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis. I continued to go downhill. I had one more relapse involving my right hand. Uh, and then I needed um, a tilt recline wheelchair because I was having more problems with severe fatigue and weakness uh, in my torso muscles. Uh, I started taking uh, mitoxantrone, which is a form of chemotherapy. I continued to decline. Then I started taking Tizabri, uh, that very new biologic drug. Everybody was very excited about that. I continued to relentlessly decline. Uh, by that time, I'm in the recline wheelchair. My disease has converted to the secondary progressive phase. So at that point, you, you don't expect uh, me to improve. Uh, I'm told I can expect uh, to gradually decline. Uh, and that's when it's very clear to me that despite seeing the best people, taking the newest drugs, treating my disease as aggressively as I possibly can, I'm likely headed towards becoming bedridden, uh, possibly demented. And because my, my electrical face pain's getting steadily more severe and more difficult, I'm realizing that I may well eventually have that face pain turned permanently on. Uh, uh, and 
that's when I decide I'm, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can. And I go back to reading the scientific literature. I start reading the basic science uh, and uh, looking at the animal models of multiple sclerosis and other uh, diseases with shrinking brains uh, that are slowly progressive. I decide that mitochondria are the big driver, so I focus in on what I can do for my mitochondria. And at first, I'm really focused on supplements, which actually do seem to slow the speed of my decline. And so I'm very, very grateful. Uh, But I'm still declining. Uh, Then in the summer of 07, I'm so weak, I I cannot sit up in a regular chair. My uh, face pain is increasingly severe. I'm beginning to have brain fog. It's clear I'm going to have to take medical retirement probably uh, in the very near future. Uh, And that is when I discovered the Institute for Functional Medicine. I take their course on neuroprotection. I have a longer list of supplements uh, that I'm adding. I discover uh, electrical stimulation uh, of muscles. I add that to my exercise program. Uh, And then I have this really big aha moment. Like what if I, uh, and I should step back for a moment and say that I had been, uh, one of my neurologists had suggested that I uh, adopt the paleo diet that had been advocated by Lauren Cordain. That was back in 2002. Uh, and I had done that because I thought it made scientific sense. But I had continued to decline. But now in 2007, I took that paleo diet and I redesigned it in the context of what I had learned from functional medicine and basic science. So now is having a very structured paleo diet. I uh, was adding this aggressive electrical stimulation, muscles, uh, and to my amazement, I started improving. My fatigue resolved, my brain fog resolved, more importantly, my pain stopped, and I started getting stronger. My physical therapist said, you know, um, you're getting stronger. He kept advancing my exercises, then he had me uh, weightlifting. Uh, and you know, then I'm uh, starting to walk. Uh, I get on my bike for the first time in six years, uh, and I bike around the block. And then, um, I, so I'm crying. My uh, uh, wife's crying. My kids are crying. And that's when I realized, like, uh, who knew how much recovery might be possible? Uh, and in another four months. In fact, I'm able to do an 18.5-mile bike ride. Hmm. So this really changes how I think about uh, disease and health. It will change the way I practice medicine uh, in my primary care clinic, in the traumatic brain injury clinic, and it would change the focus of the clinical research that I do. Amazing, Terry. You know, you you mentioned how it did change the way you practiced medicine. Um, I know you have said that the old you the old doctor, Terry Walls, used to rely on the latest drugs and surgery for your patients, but the new you is very different. Oh yeah, very much so. So, you know, what happened was I started talking to my patients about what they were eating, what they were doing, uh, their stress managing practices, uh, their physical activity levels. And I um, became very effective at getting people fired up about exercise, fired up about uh, improving diet quality. Uh, And my resident physicians were amazed at the remarkable transformations that we'd have in people uh, who 
were now, their blood sugars were normalizing, their blood pressures were normalizing, we were taking them off their drugs, uh, pain was uh, melting away. Uh, you know, I was having so much success that the chief of medicine at the VA called me in and uh, asked me to create a clinic that was really designed around the way I practice medicine. Uh, and so we called that the Therapeutic Lifestyle Clinic. Uh, and we went back to primary care and specialty medicine. I said, you know, give me your most difficult cases uh, that you can't help. And they need to know I'm not giving them drugs. We're just going to do diet and lifestyle. Uh, and so we got a few people at first because people were skeptical, but we had great results. And then we got an avalanche of people. And I kept having to redesign the clinic uh, to accommodate this huge uh, demand that we created. Uh, so what we saw was um, we had a lot of folks with autoimmune issues, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, systemic lupus, um, psoriasis, inflammatory bowel disease. Uh, and then, of course, uh, they all had co the comorbid problems that's typical of primary care, high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, fatty liver disease, uh, anxiety, depression. And, of course, uh, people with MS uh, were uh, coming over and seeing us as well. So, I mean, it was, it was very exciting. I was giving reports to the hospital um, director and the chief of staff, again, because we were so successful. And then uh, VA central office came out to see us because we were so successful. Uh, and they were very impressed. So they get, uh, helped us wow. uh, expand our clinic. That's great. You know, Terry, in your book, you, you write that cellular nutrition is everything and disease and health begins at the cellular level. Yes. I'd love for you to just talk about what you mean by that. You know, when I was in medical school, way back in the late 1970s, we learned that disease is a reflection of biochemistry that has gone awry. And so the solution was to give people drugs to fix their biochemistry. Well, what I uh, came to realize is the solution is give people the food they need to run the chemistry of life properly. That often the reason we can't do the chemistry of life properly is that our uh, diet quality is so terrible or that we have so, uh, so many stored toxins uh, in our life. Uh, so teaching people um, the connection between diet and health and uh, the function of their cells was actually easier uh, than uh, I realized. And then getting them fired up uh, to improving uh, the quality of their diet. You know, we'd have cooking classes, uh, skills classes. Uh, and you know, even my vets in rural Iowa shopping in small town grocery stores could, could make these remarkable transformations. Wow. You know, Terry, you, you talk about designing an eating plan for your brain and your mitochondria. Um, anyone listening right now who's maybe struggling with um, MS or, or any of these issues, I mean, what are some ideas they should sort of keep in mind to really optimize, you know, nourishing their, their brain, nourishing their mitochondria? What are some basic ideas to keep in mind? Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to cut out the sugar. Uh, the, the sugar and the processed foods, these are calories that are robbing you, uh, uh, and they're very, very inflammatory. So cut those out, replace them with vegetables and fruits, um, so lots of greens, lots of salad, uh, cooked greens, um, 
uh, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage family vegetables, things that are really deeply colored like carrots, uh, beets, uh, peppers, berries. Uh, and then, you know, we have different uh, versions for the meat eaters and the vegetarians according to their spiritual uh, practices. Um, but, you know, the average American has uh, less than two servings of vegetables a day. Uh, so we are uh, cl you know, clearly starving uh, ourselves uh, for our nutrition. Uh, we have so much uh, processed foods that, that doesn't have uh, vitamins, doesn't have minerals, doesn't have antioxidants, uh, that we are absolutely starving our brain uh, for the building blocks that it needs to run the chemistry of life. Absolutely. And, and I know fat is a big part of it too, right? Um, in your, in your approach. Yes. Yes. So the, uh, wiring between brain cells, uh, the big term uh, is called axons, uh, and you have to have insulation on that wiring. Uh, and that's called myelin And that insulation is basically made out of fat. Uh, and so when we went on the low fat uh, craze for our heart disease, um, we inadvertently uh, started starving our brain of the fats we need to make myelin. Uh, and that uh, may be part of why there's been such a dramatic increase in anxiety, depression, learning disorders, uh, cognitive decline. Absolutely. And, and I know, Terry, you, I know you talk a lot about how all disease begins in the gut. Um, yes. And I'd love to, I'd love to hear about why gut health is so important for autoimmune issues or really anything that happens in the body? Well, the reality is we depend on the microbes to help us run the chemistry of life. And if we have taken a lot of antibiotics, so we've killed off a bunch of our gut microbes, or we eat a lot of sugar and processed foods instead of a lot of vegetables and fibers, so that we're sort of constipated, we're missing a lot of these microbes that are necessary for optimal health and energy and vitality and vigor. Which is why I, I so stress, you gotta cut out the sugar and the processed foods and eat these radical things that our grandmothers all knew were important for health. Vegetables, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, peppers, onions, mushrooms, cauliflower, turnips, rutabagas, spinach, salad. <laughs> Absolutely. Going back to the basics. And I know you have a beautiful garden in your backyard that you get a lot of fresh vegetables from. <laughs> yes. Yes. We will still be enjoying that for uh, probably another uh, month or so yet. That's great. So Terry, you know, something else that really struck me about your book is just the way you talk a lot about mindset and a healing mindset. And just to quote what you wrote real quickly, you said, your doctor cannot cure your autoimmune disease. Your medication can only ease your symptoms, sometimes with side effects that make you feel even worse. The power of healing is within you. And that is incredibly inspiring. Just maybe could you explain what you were thinking when you wrote those words? Well, I, I want people to understand the first thing we have to do is make the decision that I'm worth the effort, that I'm important, 
and it's worth it to me to take better care of myself. It's worth it to me to work on my diet, work on my uh, stress, uh, work on my exercise. Uh, and for a lot of people to figure out um, that it's what it's worth it to make that to do that work, it might mean that I have to think very deeply as to what is it that's most important. What do I want my health for? If my health could moderately improve, what is it that I would like to be able to do? Uh, and so that's a, a really great question we have with our patients. Um, if your health could moderately improve, what is it that you would like to be able to do again? Uh, and then we can help tie that aspiration to why it is they want to begin to learn how to eat more more vegetables, why they would like to reduce and then hopefully eliminate their sugar. But it all begins with internal desire because no one's going to make uh, a change to their diet and lifestyle just because uh, Dr. Wall said you ought to make this change. They're going to have to want to do it because they desire to make the change. Absolutely. And I know in your book, you also talk about the author and Holocaust survivor, Viktor Frankl. Yeah. And you talk about how that between every event and our response is a space. And, you know, we're all going through a lot right now. And I'd love you to talk about, as you say, that in that space, we show our strength of our character. Um, maybe just talk a little bit about that. You know, as I was getting progressively more disabled, um, I had two young children. My son was eight. My daughter was five at the time that I was diagnosed with MS. And I had been an athlete before becoming a physician. I had imagined that I'd take my kids wilderness traveling, that we'd do mountaineering and kayaking and backcountry skiing, and we'd do taekwondo together. Um, but of course, uh, that was ra very rapidly uh, quite apparent that I could not do those things. Um, and so I was having to reimagine parenting. Uh, and the uh, one thing that uh, got me through all those days was I would remind myself that my children were watching. And the one thing I could model still, however my days were, was that, yes, life is not fair, but you get up and you do the best you can anyway. So I could model resilience. Uh, and... That uh, was quite profound. It got, it gave me immense meaning, uh, immense purpose, and it also gave me the motivation uh, as I began to read and study, like, okay, what else can I do? What else can I do? And then when I decided, okay, I can design a diet and lifestyle. And keep in mind, Drew, I was doing that not to get better because in 2007, you never got better from progressive MS. Right. Nobody got better from progressive MS. I knew I couldn't get better from progressive MS. I was just trying to slow down my decline. In fact, when I was remarkably better, I'm walking around again. I didn't know what that really meant. I didn't know how long it would last. It wasn't until the day I got on my bike and I biked around the block. It's like, wow what might be possible, that the current understanding of MS was clearly incomplete. Without question, that, that is so inspiring. Um, 
Terry, what are some of the daily practices that you do to to help keep you grounded and centered during stressful times? Well, so my self-care routine, you know, continues to evolve uh, as my life evolves. The the practice that I'm able to do now, because I've I've retired from the VA, so I've just focused on my research with the U and uh, teaching clinicians and the public uh, about the WALS protocol. So I have a bit more time. So I, I get up, um, I'll do a breathing meditation, uh, and then I uh, will go do my workout today. I did my strength training workout. Then I did a sauna. Uh, then I came back out, did a, a ice, uh, cold shower, uh, and then uh, uh, yoga, uh, and another round of breathing meditation. And then I joined my study team. And so... Uh, uh, so we had a bunch of study uh, meetings uh, with our research. Uh, and then this evening, uh, again, uh, you know, we'll have uh, dinner uh, with my family uh, or around the dinner table. As part of our uh, evening rituals, we reflect on what it is that we're grateful for in the day. Uh, and uh, then, uh, you know, I'll do some reading or I may watch the news uh, and then I will do another round of uh, uh, probably some electrical stimulation of my muscles uh, while I'm uh, watching the news. And then I'll get ready for bed, do another breathing meditation. Uh, and I, I like to do a uh, gratitude meditation as I fall asleep. And, and with that, Drew, I am taking some time frame in my life and I'm visualizing uh, uh, what someone has done for me, uh, and I am thanking them uh, for that gift. So, you know, uh, right now, uh, because I'm so focused on my research, I'm often going through uh, the various mentors I've I've had that have made a, a big contribution uh, into our research program. Beautiful. Wow. Um, Terry, for anyone listening to the show right now who's feeling a bit powerless, hopeless about their life and about their future, if they were sitting with you, um, you know, having a cup of tea or something, what what might you tell them? What would be one thing they could do today to begin to take their life in a new direction? I think the act of gratitude uh, is really quite profound. Uh, and I, I want people to know that in my clinical practice, I've had people who have a terminal illness. So they're going to die from their underlying medical problem, which might have been cancer or end-stage heart disease. Uh, and still, that person could come back to me and tell me that they were grateful for this diagnosis because it gave them great clarity um, on their life, and it gave them clarity and impetus to correct um, the relationship problems that they may have had with friends and family members, and it allowed them to be very intentional about their remaining days. The reason I bring that up is we can have joy and purpose and meaning. It doesn't require that you have to have a fully functional body. It doesn't require that you have to have a full recovery. You may have an illness that's going to leave you progressively more disabled until you die. 
but you can still have joy and purpose, meaning, and connection. That is the most important thing. Wow. And that that is uh, available to all of us in every circumstances uh, of our life. Nice. That's so great. I've got chills through my body. I've got tears in my eyes. I'm I'm like, what's going on here, Terry? <laughs> you're, you're, uh, these words are so beautiful. Um, so, uh, Terry, last question. If you had the opportunity to travel back in time, say 45 years or so, what words of wisdom might your current self share with the younger Terry Walls? Purpose and meaning um, are uh, really quite profound. Uh, So uh, pay close attention to what is your uh, inner purpose and uh, inner meaning, uh, because that will guide guide your life. The other thing I would say is eat more vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) And I wish I would have known to get rid of gluten, dairy, and eggs uh, sooner in my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Terry, what's the best way for people to find out about you and your work? Well, if you go to terrywalls.com, T-E-R-R-Y, walls, W-A-H-L-S dot com, uh, that's my website. If you add forward slash diet, we have a one-page summary of the diet that I use in my clinical trials and in my clinics. And this is the diet that has been so transformative for reducing pain, improving energy, improving mood, and helping people really get control of their autoimmune disease processes. Beautiful. Terry, it's such a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much. Bless you, and much love to you and your tribe as well. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.